0: Hallelujah. And I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. Brother Herring, I want you to come take your liberty tonight. So glad that you're here. God Thank bless you. you, Elder. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it good to be in church tonight? I'm so thankful for the Lord. Amen. God has been good to us. I said God has been good to us. And... Uh, He's not near dear, near done in this church as some folks would think Amen In prayer today, Brother Riggs, the Lord spoke something to me today about you He said, that sometime a little while back a spirit attacked you He said, that spirit is still lingering He said, but he's going to take care of that spirit, Brother Riggins. You'll never, ever worry about, you've worried about this spirit, Brother Riggins. You have. The Lord told me, you've worried about this spirit. And you've talked about this. But he said, because of your perseverance and your steadfastness and your dedication, he's taking care of that. You don't have to worry about that no more, Brother Riggins. Get that out of your mind. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I know that don't mean anything to anybody else, but I know that means something to the elder tonight. Praise God. Amen. It's nothing like God. It's nothing like the Lord, is it? Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful for the Lord tonight. If you got a Bible, I'd ask you to go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 4 and verse 19. I've been praying much about this service. I want to have a move of the Holy Ghost tonight. Praise the Lord. I know you had not received the Holy Ghost yet, but you can get it tonight. Amen. It's just left up to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Bible says in verse 19 of Joshua 4, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake to the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers, in the time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then you shall let your children know saying Israel came over Jordan on dry land and the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan before you until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up for before us until we were all gone over that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that is mighty that ye may fear the Lord. Your God forever. God, we thank you tonight. There's such a powerful presence of your spirit here tonight, Lord. And we know you're going to minister to us, Lord. Just help us to have an ear to hear, God. And we'll give you all the praise, the thanks, and the glory. Put your Bibles down and would you lift a voice, your voice one more time for the Lord. It'd be all right if you did that. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach tonight. I know this is a strange text, I mean a strange title for this message tonight, but I want to preach stone sticks and a stranger. <laughs> Stones, sticks, and And a stranger. The 12 stones, they have to do with the memorial stones stacked up at Gilgal as a memorial to the Lord. This speaks of past experiences. Amen. The two sticks have to do with the widow woman in Zarephath that told Elijah she was gathering two sticks to make her and her son's last meal. and Then they would starve to death. This speaks of present expectations. The strangers have to do with the pilgrims mentioned in the Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11. They were uncomfortable in this world. Praise God. They felt out of place. They were in search of a better place. This speaks of a future establishment. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Gilgal was the first camp after they crossed the Jordan River. Here Joshua shut up these 12 stones taken from the bed of the river. And after this miraculous crossing of the Jordan River, praise God, amen. Here the people were circumcised before taking possession of the land. Amen. It was here that God told them, this day have I rolled away the approach of Egypt from before you. At this point, the Passover was celebrated and a man has ceased. My friend, there are places in our life to become brand new beginnings. And after this, if faith is kept in neutral and Christian development is put on perpetual hold, this place of memorial will become a trap for you and I. God never intended for Gilgal to be the permanent residency residency for the ark. He did not want the leadership of Israel to make their invariable headquarters here. Likewise, God does not pretended, come on now. He never intended for your Christian victory merely to retire after your victory. Build up a memorial what God used to do and live in the past. Now, if we're not not real careful, we'll reach in them chilly waters. Come on, short-lived success. And we'll pull out 12 stones of memorials and we'll mount them up. And we'll build a house and live there. Come on, as the years pass, and challenges come along uh, and other building possibilities uh, and other evangelistic opportunities. uh, We simply point at those 12 stones and say, I remember when God did this uh, and God did that. Oh, come on, somebody reach out to the Holy Ghost. Suddenly, our past becomes more than a place of thanksgiving. It becomes a place of restriction. We begin to limit God because we relax in past performances. We relish in the revivals of yesteryear. And we polish the trophies of our former glory days and smile with contentment. I wonder what polish. I wonder what trophy you're polishing up tonight. I wonder what trophy you got in your hand that you've been polishing saying oh I remember God this and I remember God that what about the God of today what about the God of today what about the revival of today praise God we get so caught up in what God used to do we forget about that God's still on the move God's still moving forward he's still trying to get the church to go forward come on I said he's still trying to get you to get up and go forward Gilgal became a realm of idolatry and a shrine of worship rather than simply a remembrance. Prophets would rise up. They would rebuke Israel for their immoral behavior. They point simply to this and say, Let's thank God for our past victories. But let us not mark them as the apex of God's manifestation. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on, you know I'm telling you the truth tonight. Amen. Gilgal was a place of rising ground. As if God was telling them as a nation that they would begin to rise above the other nations. It's time for this church to rise above all the other churches. It's time that you rise above, come on, the religion of this city. Praise God. I said it's time for you to rise above the religion of this city. Come on, you are a church on a hill. Come on, I said you are a church on the hill. It's time for you to rise. I said it's time for you to rise. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot come to the foothill of the mountain and say we've arrived. Uh, There's much more of God to contend with. Uh, Come on, for you to accomplish. uh, Praise God. Much more for you to conquer. uh, Many more souls uh, for you to lead to salvation. 519, it says that they came to Gilgal on the 10th day of the first month. The first month, not the last month. Not the conclusion of time. Not merely a highlighted day on the calendar that becomes a holiday. Just the first month. There's more work to be done, Church. There's more experiences to be accumulated. There's more divine intent uh, and purpose to be made. Church, come on. I wonder tonight what 12 stones of success, come on now, success exists in your life. I'm thankful for the 12 stones of those memorials. Just don't live there. Just don't live there. Don't let your past victories deter your future vision. If you stay in Gilgal, if you live in the glories of past triumphs, then you cheat yourself out of a higher anointing. Come on in God. Don't let the plateaus of pleasure or the flatlands, come on now, of the flatlands weaken your limit, your vision, and your higher purpose. Oh my God. Your higher purpose that God's got for your life today. You know, there's a no statement made by individuals, even businesses. Praise God, they're on the rise. In the sports world, the reporters look at the young phenoms. They drool at the, prospe- at the prospect of what she or he may accomplish in that particular sport. Just look around on Sundays, the ballparks fo- ball are full of little kids. Their mamas and daddies are grooming them to be something that people could say, There's, come on, that becomes their God. Because those little kids out there playing, they've got a God. Come on, they want to be just like their God. Amen? But that's what they do. They drool at the prospect of what he or she can accomplish in a particular sport. And he or she develop into to the primetime player. And you hear them say, they're on the rise. Come on. The same could be heard about the church. A church begins to grow; it begins to expand its influence in society. It's on the rise. The question becomes then: When does it cease to be on the rise? When it's reached this, when it's reached a certain number? When it's outgrown everybody around it? When a certain individual with the assembly wins a hundred soul revival. Remember, Gilgal was a place of rising ground. If you stay at Gilgal, you're just at the beginning of what God intended for your life, your family, your marriage, your ministry, your church. The key is to stay on the rise. No how oh, come on now. No matter how successful you feel, you've become no matter how great your job is and how much money you're making, uh, no matter how well uh, your marriage is doing, uh, no matter how skillful uh, you become both uh, in your personal life, uh, in your church life, uh, you've got to stay uh, on the rise. The church must stay on the rise. Oh, come on, let everybody raise your hands and worship the Lord a minute. 1 Kings 17 and 8, it says, The Lord, where the Lord came in him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to the Zidon, dwell. There, behold, I have commanded a widow woman to disdain thee. Come on. The woman said, As the Lord liveth. As the Lord liveth. She didn't say, she didn't say, The Lord, my God. Hello. She was all by all indication a heathen idolater. Elijah by sensitivity to God's plan was about to turn an outsider to an insider. That's the ongoing challenge for the church today. Turn an outsider to an insider. Amen? Come on, that was pretty good, I thought. get the outsider to turn the Lord thy God into the Lord my God my God amen praise God the woman stated that she was gathering her a couple of sticks that she had chose come on now God could have chosen come on now a rich supporter to accommodate Elijah instead he used a poor widow woman who was an idolater you know, you may be amazed at who God chooses to use at the end time to benefit the church. You're probably going to be totally amazed if she'd been a rich widow. Come on now, if she'd been a rich woman, there'd been no need for the supernatural. Could it be that some of our, could it be that some of our breakthroughs are waiting on the other side of our sacrifice? What are you willing to sacrifice tonight? Hello. Could it be the miraculous weights come on for the moment that you completely put your trace your trust and your faith in God? You're going to be amazed at what God does in you and through you once once you completely put your faith in him. I feel like somebody's miracle could be in the making right now. Well, one or two of you believe that. I believe I'm preaching that somebody's gonna step out in faith and they go trust the word of God and it's gonna come on, they're gonna make the sacrifice that's gonna lead to their miracle. I know it's slow go tonight, but I feel like I'm in the perfect will of God. This is Come on, I said, I feel, I know it's slow go, but it's okay. I feel like I'm in the perfect will of God. I prayed very earnest about this service today. Yes, sir. This is right. Amen. You know, the next phase of Elijah's ministry, it began with a simple word, arise. Uh-huh. Right. Arise. Yeah. When your circumstance show that everything that you've depended on is erased, God says, arise. You have to be willing to leave that which is not working behind and listen to the voice of the Lord and get up and go forward. Sometimes the simple key of starting the path to the miracle is just getting up. Arising. You can't start if you stay. I said, You can't start if you stay. If you stay in guilt, you can't, come on now, you can't start a life of grace. If you stay angry, you can't start an attitude of forgiveness. If you stay in jealousy, you can't start a work of unity. If you stay in selflessness, you can't start, come on now, a sacrifice uh, that brings uh, the supernatural. And if you don't start, you'll starve. Come on, the, the, the prophet could have stayed where he was at moaning about the old dried up brook and refusing to hear the voice of encouragement. He would have starved. God's plan, come on, was feed and was now in Zarephath. He had done completed his interim period there at the brook. He had a miracle waiting on him in Zarephath. I wonder what you're hungering for tonight. I want you I wonder what your spiritual stomach is groaning for. Is it groaning for the next come on servant of faith? If so, it's time to arise. Get up from your caught up complaint and move on to the next thing that God's got for this church. Arise from the mattress of misery and move on to the miraculous tonight, church. Come on, somebody. The Bible tells us that if we ask, it shall be given. The next step is seeking. Come on. Seeking you shall find. Some miracles just need some movement. I say some miracles just need some movement. Get up from where you're at. This is okay what I'm supposed to say. When we come back in here Thursday, don't sit where you're sitting at tonight. Let's become your cot of misery. That's your place that you used to being at. Let's move to a different place Thursday before we come back in here. And let's see what God does. Come on, are you game for it? Come on, some miracles just need movement. Anybody willing to ask? If you're willing to ask, friend of mine, come on. It shall be given. Come on. If you're willing to seek, you can find. Come on now. Don't let your adversary keep you in neutral. Don't let hell's advertisement of a dark future keep you in a state of immobile fear. Come on. Don't let your enemy perceive. Come on. I feel like this church is taking in some new territory. I've been seeing your thing. It says, deeper. That's your theme this year, deeper. I feel like God's taking this church deeper. I felt like this church is taking in some new territory. And all the enemy's trying to do is strip your gears of advancement. If he could keep you, come on, any mobile fear, come on now. Arise. The psalmist said, Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. God's promise changed in natural progression. The woman had said that she was preparing her and her son's last meal. And they was going to eat it. But God gave her an alternative. Come on. He gave her, come on. He said, Hey, hey, wait a minute. She could obey the prophet. And continue, or she could continue in her own mindset and have come on now and and die. For her, it was either death or deliverance. The only bridge left for her was obedience. God's just in the church. Arise, obedience, obedience, obedience. What He said, arise. And when she began to take the man of God His word. She received the promise. The Bible said her house eat many days. Remember the opening scene, she was only going to have one more meal. But God took one and turned it into many. And that's the way to obedience. It transforms. Come on now. It takes away the subtraction and it begins to multiplication. Come on, it begins to multiply. The word of God said the oil in the crews would not fail and the mill and the barrel would not waste until the Lord sent rain on the earth. God would take care of her in the thing. Come on now. God's taking good care of you. Well, God's provided very good for you. But we like that place that we're at, don't we? We've gotten kind of used to that. Praise God. God not only wants to bless spiritual needs, but God wants to bless physical needs here tonight. When you take care of God's business, then God takes care of yours. That's the trade-off that makes us more, come on now, on the receiving end. You know, I can see that little poor little widow woman scuff around at the gate Praise God, trying to find her some sticks. I could see her intended intended to build her a little fire for her and her little boy. And I could see that friend of mine, they probably took away and took away and took away. And I could see probably all the empty crates. Praise the Lord, nothing there because of all the, the famine and everything that was taking place. Praise God, they spent three years of taking but putting nothing back. Now they're basically down to nothing. You know, some people are just pure, just down to nothing spiritually. Praise God because they never put nothing back. When I begin to look at look at about prayer in the closet, it begins to talk about the pantry. And what do you put in a pantry? Food. And if we never put nothing in our pantry. And when the time comes, freedom of mine, and we really need stuff from God, and there's nothing there, like this little woman, there was nothing there. There was nothing there. And if we never put nothing in there, in other words, if we're never down praying, taking care of our business, our relationship. Praise the, listen, I know how I am if I don't pray. You don't want to be around me. I got an attitude. <laughs> Just being honest. Amen. So, so I know that i got to take this right here, and I've got to get, get before God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, some people, it's just a drudgery for them to have to get up and pray. But once you build that relationship, you look forward to getting in the presence of God and talking to God. Lots of times, I'm so simple, man. Sometimes I just pull me a chair. I say, God, I just need you to have a seat. Say, me and you just need to talk. Now, that's how I talk to God. Have a seat. Let's talk, man. <laughs> and we have a good long talk. Amen. Praise the Lord. Prayer doesn't have to be drudgery. Praise God. It doesn't. Amen. Because you know what? There's benefits you get out of prayer. Amen. Praise the Lord. So if we never put nothing there, praise the Lord. When the battle comes, man, what are we going to, can we get anything out? Did we put anything back? I want to make sure that I'm putting plenty in the storehouse. I said, I want to make sure I put plenty in the storehouse. I'm going to tell you what, I prayed that little room down, downstairs. I have prayed the paint off the walls down there. (laughs) Morning, noon, afternoon, night. I pray several times. If if I feel like I need to pray, I just pray. It, It doesn't matter what time it is to me. If I feel like, if God, I feel like God's bearing down on me, I don't mind saying, you know, what's going on? That's the whole problem. You know, sometimes... God comes early, early, early sometimes to us. But you know what we do? Oh, that's a noise. That couldn't be God. And we do this. Get that cover back underneath that, right up by that (laughs) earlobe. That's just a noise in the night. The Lord used to beat on my front door real, real hard. He did. It's like somebody's trying to beat the front door down. And I would jump up, He did it several times and I'd jump up, first I'd be startled, then I'd say, that's the Lord, there's nobody there. God wants me up, he wants to talk to me about something. And friend, when i get up, take care of my business, praise the Lord, there was things that the Lord wanted to talk to me about. And usually it was about me. Or pray for something. Come on. Sometimes we're basically down to nothing. She looked at all the empty crates. No one bargained for food. And soon she and her son among the hostages of hunger, unable to escape the death of starvation. She noticed somebody out of the corner of her eyes. He was burly, hairy, dressed in stark clothes. She knew he was a man from the hills. And he just stood there watching her. And her cheeks began to redden. And her heart began to increase. And she was wondering to herself, why is he stalking me? What's he want? Is this a guy, a spy from the king? Who is this guy? What's the deal? The man finally spoke, fetch me some water. woman wanted to be polite to the stranger's request thinking that's probably better just to give him a drink of water and send him on his way. And as soon as she moved to accommodate his request, he asked for more. And get me some bread. Now he went beyond the easy request to an impossible one. Not only is this man a stranger, but now he's asking things beyond reason. As the Lord God liveth, I'm gathering some sticks to build a fire, cook me and my son's last meal, and die. She explained to the man. There was determination in her tone. In her thoughts, she reckoned he would not, she couldn't give him what she didn't have. That's what she's thinking. He ignored her. He tapped into a resource of unseen, infinite God. He negotiated a trade, one meal for an endless payday of all. Come on, one meal, one meal. One meal for an endless payday of all a meal. In one translation, it says it like this. Don't worry, Elijah said to her, go on and prepare your meal. But first make a small loaf for what you have and bring it to me. And then prepare the rest for you and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel said. The bowl will not run out of flour or the jar run out of oil before the day that the Lord send rain. The message just simply says don't worry about a thing. Go ahead and do what I've said. This wasn't no salesmanship or a carn artist trying to beg for a last meal of a vulnerable woman. This was not some slick-talking politician making a promise deposit, trying to trick her into giving, come on, her last meal away. He was a prophet, a man of God. Come on now. When he spoke, there was fire in his words. There was authority in his voice. All these things convinced this woman that he was telling her the truth. And just like Elijah was telling this little woman, Azarephath, I'm telling you the truth. God's nudging you to make a sacrifice. uh, And it's only because he intends you to bless you with the miraculous. Oh, come on, friend of mine. Let's give God some praise right now. Eleven. These are the people who live for what was afar off. Their vision was focused on better things in the future. Their song was this home. This world's not my home. I'm just kind of passing through. They want to be stranger than a purse. Come on, in a perverse element of this earth, which would rob them of their citizenship in heaven. Come on. They want to be strangers to selfish Christianity. The kind that only serves the self-centered need to be praised by men. They want to be strangers to deception. They want to be strangers to temptation. Becoming so in love with the word of God that nothing in this life looks, tastes, or feels better than the baptism of the Holy Ghost. writer said they all died in faith. They walked with determined faith in spite of rejection and death. They left with a promise still in their soul. Come on, uncertainty didn't change them. Come on, their letdowns, their disappointments, even when it seemed like nothing would ever come. Come on now, from the grand dreams they lived for. When they died, they did not come to an end. Come on, this earthly living in fear and anger or doubt, or rather in faith. They stayed with the borders of trust. They camped in the higher, inspired confidence of a better place. A lot of people right now, right, right, right now, in this generation, because of adversity and because of what they're going through, they give away their hopes, their dreams for an easier path, convince. Come on now, convenience for worldly amusement. They they take a address on the outside, outside of faith. And cease to live in faith. They're in a place where they're out of touch, out of desire, and out of devotion. But there's a strong voice saying, just stay in faith. Just stay in faith. Continue to live in the city walls of faith. Come on, I'm walking by faith. Man, if I looked around, I might get discouraged. I'm not looking at stuff in a spiritual, come on, with a spiritual eye. I could get, come on, I could get a little down and out. But, friend, when I look at things with a spiritual eye, I see more than what, friend of mine, that people are seeing with a naked eye. I see more than what God's trying to do in our world. Praise God. Amen. I said it the other night, and I'll continue to say it. The church is ready for the ripest revival that we could ever have. God is trying to set up the church of the end time for the greatest revival that we could ever possibly ever think about. God is just waiting on us. You know, a lot of times we say, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Actually, it's the other way around. God's really just waiting on us. Come on. you got to continue to march You got to continue to prepare. You know, in our in our postmodern world, people can't have it right now, or with at least fifteen minutes, they're ready to move on to some faster method of gratification and perceive importance. Seeming and savoring. Come on now, seeing and savoring is a twin necessity of commitment for so many today. If they can't enjoy. What they've seen, they kick, they scream, they point fingers. They demand favors and they demand to get it. Whatever happens when God says no? Come on, i a close in a minute. Whatever happens when God says no? I'll pray about everything. I pray about everything I do. I pray about getting a car. I pray about getting a house. Man, when I was trying to when I was trying to move out of Bowser City, and I told my wife, I said, I've got to get out of here. I just can't take this place no more. And we began to, we, we got us up, went to a realtor and was trying to sell her home. And man, this lady kept trying to put me in Texas. Finally, I just told her, I said, lady, I said, I I don't know, me and you, are not on the same wavelength here. I said, I told you, we want to be halfway between our church and halfway between the job. I said, is that hard for you to understand? I said, you keep trying to put me in Texas. I said, I don't want to live in Texas. (laughs) And so, man, she she just kept floating around and floating around, and she said Texas a bunch of more times, and I said no, 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 a bunch of more times, and finally she she called me. She said, "I, I got this place. I want you to go look at." She said, "It's ten acres in a house." She said, "The place is two years old." She said, "Let's go look at it." So we went out there. We looked at it, and I thought, "Man, this is perfect." And so I said, "Well, let's let's do a, let's get a contract on it." And, and so when we went to do the contract on the house. She uh, told me, she said, this other person put a cash bid in ahead of us and actually weren't supposed to do that. And she said, we can get this lady in trouble. And I said, no, no, no. I said, "It it might be a single mama with some kids just trying to make a living. And I said, if God don't want me to have that, I don't want it, lady. I said, don't worry about it. And she called me. She called me a few days later and she said, you're not going to believe this, she said, but when them people put that cash bid in, she said, they owe the the IRS a load of money and it bring a red flag. And she said, we can bid on the house. And I said, well, give me a couple of days and let me pray. Prayer is so crucial about everything. I'm telling you, prayer is so crucial. I got down and got to praying and every time that I told the Lord about that house and I said, I just need a number, God. I need the right number. And he kept saying, 54,000. Now we're talking about 10 acres of land. An acre of land, a corner lot was going for 35,000. Just a regular lot was going for 30. And we're talking about 10 acres of land and a house two years old. And he said, 549. He said, that he spoke that to me about four or five times. And I said, okay. So I called the lady and I told her, she said, are you out of your mind? I said no ma'am I said you give that number that's what you give them I said this is a God thing and I can tell that you don't know anything about God (laughs) and she called me the next day and she said we will close in such and such it pays to pray If I had not have prayed, no telling what would have happened. And you know what? It was twenty-five miles to the job and it was twenty-five miles to our church. God give us exactly what we asked for. But you know what? Sometimes God says no. There's been times that God said no. I wanted a motorcycle. Don't ask me why. I just rode it. So I was down praying about it. It's like the Lord said, Are you out of your mind? What's wrong with you? He said, you don't need no motorcycle. I said, okay, that's all I need to hear. And I wiped that out of my mind. (laughs) He said, no, real quick, Brother Self. (laughs) Could have seen, seen, you know what? You probably still got some wild hair in you. And you probably going to get killed on this thing if you get one. God knows best. I said, God knows best. I'm telling you, God knows best. I'm getting ready to to close. You know, I'd I'd wrecked a a brand new car totally, completely out. It was brand new. It was only a couple of weeks old. And I I, I mean, the engine was left laying on the ground when I hit this truck. I hit an old, old, old truck, and the engine was laying on the ground. I mean, it was demolished. And it's getting down to the wire. And I was supposed to have to turn in that rental car. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I had not heard nothing about a car. We have to have a car. You know, you called me to evangelize. I need a car to get to my revivals. I didn't hear anything. The day that I was supposed to turn the rental car in, the Lord spoke to me. He said, go down and get whatever you want. Pick out whatever you want. It's yours. And he said, the no to be cheaper. He said, just go down and pick it out. So I went down there where I had bought the other car. And I walked out there, and I looked on that lot, and I picked the nicest car out on that lot. And I didn't go to no salesman. I went straight in there to that finances, that finances room, and I said, Jay, I said, I'll pick me a car out. And I said, come here. i to show you the car that I picked out. And I said, that's the car I picked out. I'll be back in a little bit to sign the papers. And I said, it's going to be cheaper than the other car, and the payments are going to be lower. Pays to pray. Jay called me a little while. He said, the papers are ready for you to sign. I said, when my wife gets off of work, we'll come up and sign the papers. He said, oh, the car's cheaper and your notes lower. I said, that's my God. Come on, church. you got to continue to march. Continue to prepare. Be be persistent in your praying every day. Praise God. For you are the future establishment. Praise God. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? Oh, I know it was peas and cornbread tonight, but it's okay. Why don't we come up here and make a a good commitment to God tonight? It'd be alright if we did that. Kind of renew our commitment a little bit. It'd be okay if we did that.